the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. I remember very vividly my first day in school. And as my mother was walking me to the school, (laughs) okay, she can already tell that I was about to cry. And she said, do you see that door? She pointed to the door of the classroom. And outside the door, there was a bench. And my mother said to me, I'm going to go outside and sit on that bench. I will not leave you by yourself. Your teacher is going to close the door. You may not see me, but I'm there. At the strength of her word, I made it through the five hours of class. Knowing that even though I don't see her, I knew she was there. That's called faith. And that faith gave me the hope that she is going to be on the other side of the door. Once that hope is instilled in us in our new birth, what happens is that our heart, the Holy Spirit focuses our hearts towards eternity. You know you have hope when your focus is in heaven. I'm sorry to disappoint some of you. Many people think that we are so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. I tell you what, we are heavenly minded and we make no apologies for it. Because the Bible says we have the hope. That hope is for an eternal existence in heaven, not a hope in here. Look at verse 4. It says, we have been given an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fate. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. What happens is that at the new birth, when we put our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and he gives us that hope. He implants that hope. And when we have that hope, the Spirit of God refocuses our heart towards our imperishable reward. Okay? A reward awaits us. Hope tells us that everything in this world will perish. That we should not store up for ourselves treasures here on earth. Our hope is focused on what is yet to come. Our hope is focused in heaven where Jesus is seated on the, cro- on the throne. That's what, why this hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus. While Jesus was here on earth, he suffered much of the same things we have. Probably even worse. He went to the cross. He experienced what it was like to be part of the elements here in this world, but he made it through, even though he went through those unimaginable trials and temptations, he made it through. He did not waver because he knew that everything in this world is passing. We are not looking to be rewarded in this world because everything that we receive in this world is perishing. You know you have hope when you're not focused on the things of this earth, that your focus, the ultimate reward of your focus is in heaven. Everything in this earth will perish. Hold on to your youth. You're going to get old. I can promise you that. Hold on to your beauty. Hold on to it. 
No thick makeup can spare you from old age. Hold on to your strength. You're going to be where you're going to be using a cane eventually or on a wheelchair. Hang on to your hair. Everything will pass. Everything will perish. Hope says there is a crown of life that awaits us, a reward that awaits us if we don't waver in our hope of an eternal reward. That has been prepared for us in heaven. The Apostle James said this, James 1.12, Blessed is the one who persevere under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life and that the Lord has, that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Faithfulness is putting our hope on a promise that we do not yet have but are eagerly awaiting for its coming, and that is a reward that awaits us in heaven those, for those who wait for his appearing. And I know some of you are asking, yeah, that's all fine and good, but I'm still here on earth. I still suffer here on earth. I know, I understand it. I have the hope that when I die, I'm going to heaven, but what about now? I'm still here. What, what does this resurrection hope, what does it do to me? If, I have, if, I, if I'm only 20 years old now, and I have to live until I'm 97 years old. What do I do in the meantime? How do I deal with this? How do I know that this hope is going to sustain me? That brings us to the third uh, sign, the third mark that we have this hope. And that is with this hope, with this resurrection hope, God will shield us from whatever we go through. It's going to insulate us from restlessness. It's going to insulate us from restlessness. A lot of people are afraid, even Christians are afraid of what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit is alive in us and is working in us and that hope of the resurrection is within us, God shields us. He insulates us from whatever's going on because He knows all too well that we become restless in this world. So God took that into consideration that's part of our resurrection hope. We are insulated from restlessness. Okay, it says in verse 5, Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of that salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. See, we are already saved because of Jesus' death on the cross. We received him, we trusted him, and he is now our Savior and King. Okay, but that salvation is not yet complete. Obviously, we're still here on earth. We don't have a glorified body that can handle the stress, the, the, the adversities, the trials, the temptations, and all of those things that can still happen happen, we are assured that we're going to heaven, but until then, God will insulate us from being restless in this world. There's no need. There's no need for a Christian to fret and be restless about what's going on. We don't know when the next pandemic is going to come, but we're for sure something is going to happen that's not good. We already know that, but God has a way of shielding us by His power, insulating us from being restless. We cannot mix hope and despair, amen? You cannot say, I have a lot of hope and then be in despair. You cannot have rest and be hopeless at the same time. We know that our hope is real because we are shielded by God's grace. When and while we are going through the travails of this life, God doesn't preserve us from pain. He doesn't preserve us from heartache. He doesn't remove us from those things, but he preserves us, but he shields us. He makes sure, he makes sure that we don't get to a point of desperation that we rebel against him. That's how good God is. 
He knows the possibility of people rebelling against him because of the things that are happening in this life. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're shielded from that. God knows the tendency for us to rebel against him. The sad thing is many Christians are rebelling against God and they don't even know it. They don't even know. We need to test our hearts to make sure that we're not rebelling against God. Because God shields us from these things. That's why we know we can go on because of the the hope that we have. That all of this is temporal. We continue to hope even though we're going through some some things that seem to be uh, insurmountable. We don't look at what's going on in our world and say, okay, well, you know, how am I going to navigate through this? Believe me, you and I will make it through. Because God is involved. He shields us. How does he do that? He gives us more grace. Amen? You know why we're here this morning, two years after the pandemic? There was a time here when there's only three people here. And everybody was out. Everybody was scared. Everybody, you know, I mean, I, you know, you have the right to be, you know, that's obvious. You need to be scared about what's going on. But you know what? That, that, didn't, that didn't dampen our spirit. You're back here today because you have that hope. I certainly hope you're here not because of the taco man that's getting cooked over there. No, no, we we navigate through these things because we have that undeniable hope that the Spirit of God has placed in our hearts. I'm very confident about that. We wouldn't be here, you know, had not God said, you need to stay put. I'm going to preserve you. And he has so far, amen. We all got sick, didn't we? I'm going to blame somebody for that. We made it. You think that's an accident? You think that's because you got a, a thing from the doctor? Oh, that's fine and good. We're here because God says, my grace will sustain you through all of these things. That's the work of God. That's the work of God in our lives. We can have peace in this world because we have hope. We can have clarity in this world because we have hope. In the meantime... We're going to go through some of these things. And how do we go through them? Hope. We have the peace. Because we're looking forward to a day when all of this will be gone and we will be in heaven together. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's how important this hope is in our lives. When we hope in the resurrection and are shielded until the day of redemption... We can see the fourth mark of this hope, and that is we will be characterized by an inexplicable sense of rejoicing. There is an inexpressible sense of rejoicing. This is, again, this is the result of the hope that we have. Look at verse 6. It says, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So even... Even the joy that we're going to have is included in this hope of the resurrection. Okay, we can truly rejoice because of this hope. Notice that having hope doesn't eliminate the possibility of God, of us going through all kinds of grief. That's the one thing that makes our hopefulness shine. In that we do not expect to be spared from grief, nor are we to reject grief, but we are to rejoice in the midst of it because we have the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus. The joy we have is beyond explanation. 
because it is one born out of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We do not rejoice because of the trial. We'd be foolish to do that. But we can rejoice through the trial. This is that inexplicable joy that is being talked about. This inexplicable joy known only to those who hope in the Lord. Uh, Jesus would often tell his disciples, remain in me, remain in my love, and you will bear much fruit. And one of the fruits of the Spirit, of course, is joy. You know, how can the disciples, and Jesus at the same time, while he was telling them, you know, abide with me uh, and you will bear much fruit, while he was saying this, he was also telling them, oh, by the way, because they hated me, they're going to hate you too. Oh, by the way, if I'm going to go to the cross, I will prepare you to go through the process and help you carry your cross because there's a cross to be carried when you follow Jesus. And then he tells them, I will ask you. To abide in me, no matter what's going on. How could the, the apostles, how could the disciples possibly hang on to that? How can you possibly have uh, fruitfulness in your life when you're being attacked from every corner of life? Hope. That's what they had. And that's the same hope that we have today in the resurrection. It, 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 it gives us that inexpressible joy so that we can rejoice in the midst of what's what's going on in john chapter 15 jesus says i have told you all of this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete if you're hopeless this morning forget about it you don't have any kind of joy at best you have a a, a temporary sense of, of happiness that's all you really have now related to this joy that comes from the hope of the resurrection is the purpose that God has for letting us go through the trial. That's what a lot of people stumbled upon. You know, they think that being a Christian following Jesus, they think that everything is all going to be sunny and, and you know, think it should be easy. Not at all. Being a Christian is not an easy life. Otherwise, we would not have to preach this gospel. People will flock to you and tell you, hey, you know what? I want what you have. That's not happening. You know why it's not happening? Because there's a cross to be carried. But there's a purpose. There's a purpose for fiery trials. And that, that brings us to the fifth mark. And the fifth mark is this. God will intentionally have us go through the fiery trials of life in order to intentionally refine our faith intentional refinement we never look at adversities only as a result of sin and punishment uh, you know from an angry god who wants to go ahead and punish us for everything that's not true at all if you're a christian we don't look at at adversities and problems and trials only as a result of the stupid mistakes we made in life okay to be sure we suffer because of our own failures we suffer because of our own sins and sometimes because we've done something so bad in the eyes of god sometimes if he if we are his children he does take us through a process of discipline but not all trials not all hardships are as a result of God dealing with us because of our sin. It's true that he does, but it's called discipline. It's true that we suffer the consequences of our sin, but God has a more profound reason for allowing us to go through the trials of life. And that's, and that's in verse 7. It says, These have come so that the, the, so that the, the 
proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God has a purpose for letting us through all of this. He wants us to come through this praising Him. And how do you know you have hope? It's very simple. You still praise God despite of going through all of that. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time, visited people in hospitals, people dying of cancer, and I can tell you those who have hope and those who do not have any kind of hope. There's still a smile on their face. They're going through some severe challenges and they can still praise God. Because they understand that the suffering they're going through is a way of God refining their faith, making sure that they're genuine and and, and that it will lead to honor and praise. God intends to take us through fiery trials if necessary to refine us. This is God's way of proving us genuine. Many people think, oh, the way God proves our, our genuineness of our faith is through the blessings that we receive. That's not true at all. He doesn't prove our faith on, 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 on how successful we are even in life. You know, many, you know, it's good to be successful. It's good to be, it's good to be healthy. It's good to be wealthy. All of those things are fine and good. But God doesn't use those things to test our faith. It's clear in scriptures that God tests our faith through the fiery trials of life because he has, a, he has a way of refining that faith. You know, sometimes we see people saying, well, look at so-and-so, you know, he's successful in everything that he does. He succeeds in work. He's pretty healthy or she's, you know, she's got all of these things that she needs. She must be, she must have found favor with God. God must have blessed his or her life because she couldn't do no wrong because oh, she has all of these things that life has to offer. I'm sorry. God takes us through the fiery trials that says, what if I take all of that from you? Will you still praise me? God is looking for the Jobs of the world. The Job says, though the Lord slay me, yet will I praise him. That's, that's what it's about. That's what hope is all about. We are tested through the darkest nights of our souls, the darkest moments in life, because God is intentionally refining us. How do we know? That our faith is genuine, well, we have the hope that no matter what happened, we surrendered control of our lives to Jesus, and He's going to take us through. He's renewing us intentionally. That's why we need to put on the new self. That's why we needed to be born again, because none of these things can be understood if, if you are not regenerated, if you are not a child of God, you have no understanding of what I've just been saying to you. Colossians 3.10 says, and you have, put, you have to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. By that I mean we are being refined. We are being proven by God. Stop trying to prove God. Begin being proven by God. That's where we're going. That takes us to the sixth mark of the power of this hope. That we have been given because Jesus rose from the dead. And God has, and, and this is the most important one. This is the, the, the most telling sign, I, I believe, with all of these things, that we have this hope in Jesus. And that is there is an internal revelation of the reality of who Jesus is. There's an internal revelation. Look at verse 8. It's the most beautiful verse in the Bible. The most powerful, but also the most beautiful verse in the Bible. It says, though you have not seen him, 
you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy. That, my friends, that's real hope. There is an internal revelation. There's, there's something in the inside of us that is convinced that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is who he said he is, and we believe that, and that brings about inexpressible joy. The Holy Spirit instills in us that hope in the resurrected Jesus. And that resurrected Jesus is someone we do not see any longer, and yet we still worship him today. We still love him. We still, we still honor him. We still worship him. You see, Easter Sunday to a Christian is not a tradition. Get that out of your mind. Easter Sunday to us is not merely a celebration of the risen Christ. We don't, we don't celebrate the event itself. We don't recognize it as some kind of a traditional thing or something that we need to honor. No, this is a reality in us. This is an internal revelation that God has placed in our lives. It really bothers me when I talk to Christians and they tell me, you know what, I believe in the, re- the recent Christ. I believe, that I believe in the resurrection, but, but I often get confronted by skeptics. I get confronted by agnostics, by atheists, and they're saying, well, how do you know there's an empty tomb? How did you know that that empty that tomb was empty? How could you prove that there's a miracle that the miracles that Jesus performed were right? And then we all get bogged down, and we think that the resurrection hope that we have, the resurrection power that we have, is based on the historicity of the event. It's based on the archaeological evidence. Let me tell you something. It's been two thousand and twenty-two years since Jesus rose from the dead, and no one, no one has ever disproved that there was an empty tomb. No one has ever disproved that those miracles were real but we don't rely on them you know why I know Jesus is alive because though I don't see him I love him that's it that's why we're here that's why I can sing shout and clap my hands and give praise to my maker I don't need an empty tomb there is an internal revelation Jesus is Lord he's alive forevermore we sing songs back when I was growing up I never forget the song. It says, He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me along this life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. He gives salvation. Salvation is imparted. You know why I know He lives? He lives within my heart. That's an internal revelation. Only the Spirit of God can make that real in your life. And when you have that... You don't have an obligation to all of these traditions. We know Jesus is real. Don't need an empty tomb. Even though there is an empty tomb. The thing is, Jesus is real. Though I don't see him, I love him. Though I don't see him now, I know that he reigns and he rules. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me, which leads us to the final mark that we have in this resurrection hope. And that is we are assured of an impeccable redemption. Our redemption is inevitable. Not only it is, is it inevitable, but it is impeccable. Verse 9, for you are receiving the end result of your faith. The salvation of your souls. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, we are at that moment redeemed. What's left? 
is the hope that one day we will put on an incorruptible body that will be in eternity in heaven with him. Our souls are saved now, but one day our mortal bodies will receive a new one, a glorified body that will rise from the dead as Jesus rose from the dead. As Jesus had a glorified body, one day our bodies will be resurrected and we will have glorified body who will never experience any more pain, any more sorrow, any more heartache, any more anger, any more anything. Because it'll be glorified. It's an impeccable redemption. It's going to be inevitable. That's the hope that we have, that there will be an incorruptible existence in our future. And that is, we're going to be with the Lord forever, and our focus will be solely on His honor, glory, and praise. We don't focus here on earth. We focus our faith, our hope in heaven. And one day we will be there. I've been in many funerals in my life, I've conducted many of them. And I grieve not because the people there lost someone they love and, and, and it's right to grieve. I grieve because there are people there who did not have the hope of the resurrection. You do not have to have an assumption that you will rise again from the dead. You do, not have to have, you do not have to assume that. You can be assured of that. It's not wishful thinking. It's not a positive outlook in life. It can really be a rock-solid certainty in your life because Jesus rose again. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.